You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 222 for May 17th, 2017. And on this episode, it's time for a race recap, I guess. We're we're back from Vancouver, so that's obviously the race. I guess you could tell by the title by now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, even though we haven't titled Put the title it yet. In there. But yeah, yeah. I forget that sometimes, right. you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about our trip to Vancouver and running the Vancouver Marathon. That's going to be basically the entire focus of today's episode. Um, the only thing we'll start with kind of even before we get to the Vancouver stuff, it just because it happened the same weekend and we actually caught it while in Vancouver is the Nike breaking tube project, I guess we'll call it, um, took place. Um, yeah, we actually watched it in our hotel room on a phone. Mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about it before we left that I was yeah. able to brought an iPad or a laptop to watch it, but didn't bring any of the electronics. And so I had to watch it on a tiny little iPhone, but that still worked. Um, but basically I just want to mention, um, final result, you know, Elliot Kipchoge, um, had an awesome day, fell a bit short of the, the ultimate goal, but ran a two hours and 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. So just barely missed it. Um, to DC and DeCiso were even slower at, uh, 206 and then 21410 respectively um so it was a pretty cool event i will say just watching it uh, mm-hmm. nike did a pretty good job with i know they broadcast it on facebook it was on their facebook page yeah. and then i don't know if it was just online on their website i think we watched it off of facebook so uh, but they did a pretty good job just with kind of all the coverage and um it's a pretty cool event to watch um it's kind of a shame that he just barely missed it i know um which was yeah. a bummer but um pretty cool in in the general world of running i still don't know what that means other than you know hey we know a human can physically run you know i know he missed it by 25 seconds but we know somebody could basically run a two-hour marathon with the absolute perfect tailored conditions and pacers and location controlling as much as possible yeah. yeah we know it's physically possible so i mean i guess that's cool i don't you know i don't know what this means or doesn't necessarily change anything for for kind of you know the world marathon majors and what's possible there maybe except you know i don't know if nike shoes end up being something that more elites pick up into and you know that makes any difference i know they claim there's a few percentage points there or maybe a partial percentage um point there and a difference that the shoes will make but overall i enjoyed watching the event it's pretty cool um i know if you for some reason want to go back and watch it online i think you can replay the entire event online mm-hmm. if you want to watch it so that's an option for everybody if they're interested um anything else on it no uh the one yeah, random covered it the one random thing i did read at some point was i think adidas was or has been thinking of doing something similar so we'll see if down the line they kind of make their own attempt or not the only thing i'll say is if they're going to kind of make an attempt and try to follow up nike they better beat them what if they Otherwise, beat them by like five seconds well then it's a Does huge win for them okay. but if they go there and you know, log a two oh three or something, then it's kind of a big, big sad trombone for them. So, yeah. All right, that's Nike breaking two. Let's move on to the main topic: the Vancouver Marathon. Um, how should we jump into this? Um, I will say, you know, well, I guess I should say this is the Vancouver Marathon in Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, don't yeah, get British con- Columbia. Don't get it confused with there is a race called. Uh, which is in the U.S., Vancouver, USA Marathon. Right. So don't, I, I know at one point I was talking to somebody and they were like, wait, which one? And I was like, oh, no, actual Canada. Um, this is the BMO British, Vancouver right. Marathon. So throw that out there. Um, first off, um, 
a race that um, is pretty easy to get to if you're on the West Coast, you know, just kind of bumping up to Canada. Basically, it was a two-hour flight for us um, from the San Francisco Bay Area. So for us, it's a pretty easy place to get to. Yeah. Uh, the one thing we talked about over the weekend that was kind of nice was no no time change. Right. Being in the same time zone. It was really pretty nice. Easy. So if you're kind of over here on the West Coast, it's pretty easy. If you're coming from the East Coast or traveling from afar or farther, um, you're going to have time zones and longer travel makes it a little bit more difficult. But um, for those of you kind of right here on the West Coast, it, it's pretty easy, I think, race to go do. So. And it was our first marathon out of the U.S. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Not our first race out of the nope. U.S., but first marathon. First okay, marathon. good point. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So race weekend, we actually flew up to Vancouver on Friday. Mm-hmm. Like I said, nice and easy direct flight. Um, I probably won't take Air Canada again. Yeah. But, um, nothing really interesting on that one. No, no horror stories like that have kind of been encompassing the news so much lately. But just wasn't impressed with Air Canada. I kind of go in there and coming back. But um, so I'll probably avoid them in the future. But random and not important. Just throwing that in there. Um, yeah, we got to Vancouver Friday night, mm-hmm. and um, originally we actually were planning to go to the expo. Did we make it to the expo on Friday? We did, but we, we did. our plan was we were going to get there late afternoon and have plenty of time to make it to the expo. And because of flight de- flight delays and that sort of thing, I think we ended up actually, I think it was like maybe well, like before seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I think the expo closed at eight. Yeah. And we're like, okay, do we make try to make it over there and, and pick up our stuff or not? And we ended up um, deciding to, to head over to the expo anyways, even though we had not a lot of time to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, which worked out. Um, it did, actually. The expo was kind of a small to medium-sized expo, mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it, um, which was over there at Canada Place, which is by the water. Um, interestingly, I guess the one thing they do well is at the expo is you kind of have to, you kind of have to snake through the expo. Yes. Like, there's a route you have to take around all the expo vendors and stuff. It's not like a big expo where you kind of make your own way and you could probably miss stuff and... This is one of those expos where you kind of had to follow the path. Mm-hmm. And so you literally passed every single vendor yeah. at the expo. Yep. There was no shortcuts, which it's nice because you catch everything good for the vendors because mm-hmm. they get to see everybody. Yeah. If you were in a hurry, that's probably not the greatest thing in the world. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't too much to see, I guess, for us going through the expo. Obviously, several races that were kind of local there to Canada, which we obviously were not going to be able to get out to and do. So that was no interest there. And, you know, a few vendors, nothing... Nothing out of the ordinary, you know, a few brands that we're definitely not familiar with, kind of, I'm assuming can- Canadian based or just not, at least US not US based. Yeah. So yeah. definitely some, some food vendors and some, some drink vendors and some new stuff. So I know mm-hmm. you tried a bunch of samples and stuff. Got to check that out. But, um, and that expo is pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, you basically pick up the bib first, mm-hmm. pick up your bib first. And then, like you said, sneak your way through until you get to the end, which is where you pick up your shirt. Right. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if you get your bag at the, I guess you get it when you pick up your bib, huh? Don't remember the bag. At I can't all. remember either. But um, came away with the bag. Yeah, that they do must give have you at the beginning. They do give you your check bag. It's a clear UPS bag that they want you to use specifically for gear check. Um, yeah, and then picked up shirts. I did not. And actually, came individually packaged mm-hmm. in the, you know just a clear like bag. Um, I didn't open up my, my shirt, which is kind of surprising because I usually will like look at it and open it, especially since I can't, I think it was Route 66 when mm. I had the shirt. And I usually look at it to see if it's going to fit. But in that situation, it actually looked like it was going to fit, but it had like one whole seam on the side was just not sewn together. 
So ever since that, I I usually will look at my shirt, but for whatever reason, I think it was just a long day. And I'm like, okay, I got my shirt. I didn't even like open it up and and look at it. So come to find out, I think was it the next day Mm -hmm. that um, when I actually looked it up or looked at it and opened it up just to see if it would fit, you noticed that it was actually the wrong shirt. I'm like, um, your shirt said, is it 21? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. K and of course a marathon is forty two. Right. K, I like, and I was like, Oh, that's not yeah. the right shirt. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a little tricky too, because sometimes at some races the shirts will be different colors for different distances or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or the design's a little different, but it, they're actually like the same color, the same design, just had the different distance on the back. So um ended up going back to the expo Saturday morning Saturday morning to exchange that, which was no problem. But um yeah, I definitely will be looking at my shirt now. Yeah, but apparently up, you weren't so. the only one it happened to. I guess some of the boxes were mislabeled and several people kind of got the wrong. Yeah, shirt. and there were some boxes that had like half of one size and half of the other. So when mm-hmm. you're thinking you're giving out one size and it's not necessarily the case, but. Yeah, yeah. I normally Anyways. try to. I mean, it's probably, I guess we should recommend everybody check your shirt at the expo. Yeah, yeah. Check it for misprints. It's just a good thing to do. Check the seams. Make sure it's, you know, not a bad shirt. Make mm-hmm. sure it's the right race. Make sure it's the right size, gender, all that stuff. Um, I usually try to look at my shirt to check sizing. I didn't actually do it in Vancouver, mainly because I saw people wearing the shirt and I saw oh, yeah, people yeah. around with the shirt and I actually didn't like the shirt that much. So I was in my head, I was like, eh, I don't care if it doesn't fit. I'm like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario it would have been too tight. And I'm like, which is actually like probably a smidge too tight. But anyways, but um, I was like, eh, I don't care. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the shirt. I like the color. I just thought it was a pretty basic, simple design. So, and you know, and you know, for those of us that do a lot of races, you have just a drawer overflowing with shirts anyway, so it's not mm-hmm. a big deal, but yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so that was the shirt drama. Yep. Aside from the shirt, when you're walking out, they actually give you gloves, mm-hmm. just complimentary gloves, like the blue color that um, is used for most of the race. Um, you kind of like some, I'll just call them throwaway gloves. Yeah, you know? kind of some chibis, but yeah. um, but in this case, because they were kind of dyed blue and they had the logo of the race and everything, it was it's actually pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have mine. Kind of like some nice throwaway gloves. Yeah. Yeah, I have mine too. Yeah. yeah. I actually like it when races give you gloves at the expo for the race because it's, hey, if you traveled in, you didn't think about it. If it's going to be cold, it's something extra that you can wear in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then if you toss it, like, who cares? You just got it for free the morning before. Right. And right. normally they're not that great looking these are actually pretty right. decent looking but um so i would have felt a little guilty that's probably why you kept them away. yeah i still have them so <laughs> that must mean i liked them <laughs> um yeah so i mean that was our friday night um saturday like you said saturday morning we were back to the expo real quick right yeah. when they opened just to kind of exchange your shirt yep um, and that and then, just happened real quick yeah and then we kind of just kicked it around vancouver got to check some stuff out on saturday race was obviously on sunday um yeah, that was our Saturday, you know, eight, got to bed. I mean, that was Saturday night was the breaking, um, I was going to say breaking bad. <laughs> it was the breaking two. <laughs> no, Friday was breaking two. Was it Friday? Yeah. See, I'm all screwed up on days. Yeah, Friday don't, was breaking two. Don't, don't listen to me on any of this. Yeah. We um, did end up, because we were doing some sightseeing on Saturday, we did We did end up walking a lot of miles. I can't even remember what it ended up being. But more than probably recommended the day before marathon. Yeah. But we were there for only a certain number of days, you know, trying to see as much as possible, so. Yeah, in terms yeah. of being 100% for the marathon... We I don't were, think either one of we us were. were. Kinda, we were kind of dummies on that and yeah. just walked a lot. Um, I know I was wearing my Garmin, so I had my count on my steps, and I was don't remember the exact number. I could look it up, but I was like, "Ooh, that was a, that was quite a long day," and yeah, maybe not the best thing to do the day before the marathon. Right, but is what it is. Um, got to bed pretty early on Saturday, which was good. Um, the nice thing was it was not an early start. Nope. 
the next day. So the marathon was going to start at... 8.30? I think so. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty late start for a full marathon. Mm-hmm. Even for like um, a half marathon. I mean, the half marathon actually well, started race, sooner. Yeah. yeah, but for any race, that's, that's kind of later than what we're used to. Yeah. So um, the interesting thing we should kind of go over for Vancouver, there's the full marathon, there's a half marathon, there's an 8K, and there's a relay. Mm-hmm. And just kind of throw out numbers. So you kind of get a general idea of the size. Uh, the full marathon is about 3,600 runners. Uh, the half marathon, 6,500. So a little bit shy of doubling the marathon. The 8K, pretty impressive at 2,000-ish runners. And the relay, 95 teams, teams. I guess. Okay. Yeah, 95 teams. Yeah. So, um, and the relay was the marathon relay, right? It was for a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then on Saturday, they actually did have a 2.5-kilometer walk and a kid's run. Okay. Yeah. So lots of different events if you're coming with family and friends and everybody wants to do something different. Um, lots of options there. Uh, the one unique thing to this is, you know, the marathon and the half marathon share the same start and finish. They actually have pretty different routes mm-hmm. through the city. So, um, you know, sometimes when you see bigger races that have a half and a full, it's, you know, sometimes the half just starts at the midway point and runs the second half or, you know, there ends up being a lot of similarity. And while there's some similarity, it's actually pretty different. You're kind of getting somewhat different tour of Vancouver and yeah. different path and, um, I think it's kind of cool that it's not like the same exact miles. Like, oh, you run the first 10 together and then you split or, you know, or the the half marathon is the second half of the marathon or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. It's kind of nice to have two completely different courses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other new thing, unique thing is the half marathon starts before the marathon. Mm-hmm. So it's at least an hour before, right? Was it yeah, I think it was a little over an hour. Yeah. 7.30 or something like that. So, um, you know, obviously we got up on Sunday morning, ready to go race time. Um, the race actually gives you a free, uh, a one-way, it's called a subway pass. Yeah. So if you're staying in, in downtown there, because the, the start of the race is at Queen Elizabeth Park, mm-hmm. um, which is very easy from downtown. If you're staying in one of the downtown hotels, which is what we did, um, you can hop on the subway and just get over there pretty easy. A little bit of a walk at the end, but not too bad to kind of warm up in the morning. But they the, the race does give you a, a free one-way pass mm-hmm. so kind of cool kind of yeah. covers your transportation yep pretty easy um you know we did that we walked a couple blocks from our hotel hopped on the subway lots of other runners around yep. by no means crowded not an issue not a problem yeah anything like that even walking to the start um when we did get to this you know you get off the subway and then you actually have a little bit of a walk i don't know if it was a half mile or three quarters of a mile or something like that over to the park where the race starts um we must have been pretty early there's not a lot of people around when mm-hmm. we got there um, by virtue of the fact that the half marathon is bigger and starts an hour earlier, basically all those people are gone Yep. by the time you get over there. So it's, it's kind of nice to really separate the half and the full marathon, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit weird having the half start before, before the marathon. Usually yeah. you start the longer race first right? and then the shorter race after. And that kind of tends to get people to the finish at the same time. This is kind of the opposite. They're kind of spreading out the finish line times, which is interesting for a race that finishes in downtown. Um, city is kind of being pretty nice i think mm-hmm. <laughs> and letting the race take up a lot of space and a lot of time um in the area so that works out but yeah it was kind of interesting getting to the start of the race and just like oh this is pretty quiet you know there's plenty of room you can walk around do whatever you want you know get some water porta potties just sit down for a little bit um it was nice mm-hmm. and, and i'm gonna mention something something that maybe is a little weird to mention but they did have a couple of urinal stations oh yeah for men yes. um well clearly um <laughs> Which I think is a really good idea just to free up 
the porta potty lines um, so that if it's just men who just need to urinate and that's it, then they can go over to the big urinal stations and just take care of that and not have all of them waiting in the porta potty lines too and kind of making that more congested. So I thought that was a good idea. That at least two, I think. Yeah, it was big two. Station, so, um, and I'll. I sound weird saying this, but I guess I'll, I'm going to kind of describe this just for the hell of it because I don't <laughs> yeah. really see a lot all, of urinal. All stations. I saw was like you know just the outer kind of fencing and a sign. So that's so. <laughs> well, what they did is it's just basically fences that kind of like a big circle kind of fenced off area, and they have um, it's like a screen or something to keep you from be obviously being able to see inside, and um, inside is just two big long rows of um. Think of it as like trough urinals for the guys to use. Um, they were plastic, but um, I, I still remember the old ones from like the old ballparks, uh, the old Candlestick Park in San Francisco. But, um, but yeah, I'm like in my head, I was like, "This is awesome." I mean, how can you? Okay, this is a runner thing, right? You get excited about urinals, right? But <laughs> exactly. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" How does every race not have this? Because right. it's basically there's no line. Guys just pop in there, do your thing get out of there super quick we're not tying up portal potty mm-hmm. lines you know it's less You're having to wait forever just for that yeah if that's all you gotta lines. do um it keeps to be honest it keeps guys from probably running off into the local bushes that's true because yeah so it'd be more sanitary in that yeah, sense um it allowed me to kind of use the restroom like later than i ever have before a marathon because hey, i could just run in there and then just run straight over to the race um so yeah come on races we need more more just journals at, at races that would work out really well so yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was kind of a weird thing to, to bring up, but, you know. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. Uh, gear check was basically big UPS trucks, mm-hmm. which we've seen at other races. Yeah. Um, there's a little confusion about how you were supposed to attach your tag to the bag. Um, some people were instructing to uh, attach it to, like, where you're tying off your bag to close it, and others were giving instructions to basically just put your tag inside the bag. So I think I put it inside the bag and try to make it as visible as possible. Yeah, official so. instructions said to put your the, the part of your bib that you tore off that had your number, which actually had your number on both sides. Yes, it did. Which was smart. Yep. But you're supposed to just put it inside your bag. That way it's visible. But I think 95% of the races that we do, you can check a bag, you're usually attaching it to the, the part you would tie off. Yeah. And it kind of hangs off the top. Right. I think the concern is like if you throw it inside the bag, it's going to get mixed up with your clothes and mm-hmm. they can't see it and they can't get it to you right but but that's what the instructions were and so there was a little bit of confusion because i think for a lot of people they're like huh? inside the bag that doesn't make sense yeah but yeah it does work yeah um yeah. and i had planned on taking my gloves with me mm-hmm. and then deciding whether to throw them away or not and yeah. i accidentally put them in my gear check bag okay and then realized it afterwards like oh i don't have my gloves it's my a good hands place are a little them. cold but you know no big deal guarantees you won't throw them away <laughs> exactly so they hung out in my gear check bag all race <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, they did have corrals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we we split up and headed to our prospective corrals. Um, I know I was I was in the last corral, which I was kind of surprised by, but um, just because the times that I usually put doesn't always doesn't usually get me in the very last corral. But it yeah, did. who knows um, how it was split up though? Yeah, we don't really um, know that. And Mike, I think I was joking about my corral was brown, which that just seems like a depressing color for. <laughs> A corral, I don't know. Can we get like blue, green, yellow, something like that? More interesting. But yeah. I think they were all color coded and and split up. Yeah, mine was either like black or gray or something. I can't remember which one of the two, but it wasn't a super exciting color either. Um, I mean, the nice thing, marathon, three thousand people. That's that's not a crazy amount for a marathon. That's mm-hmm. pretty pretty small for kind of like a city marathon. And and myself being in the last corral was was plenty of room. I mean, it was no issue getting into corrals. Um, no issue like checking bibs or anything like that. I actually warmed it up a little bit out 
kind of behind the last corral because there was just plenty of room and like why not stretch out a little bit um yeah but i mean basically we, anything about getting your corral no straightforward no, for you just got right into the corral it did get crowded once i was in there okay i couldn't really like move or change locations mm-hmm. once i was in there but nobody was checking bibs or anything like that okay yeah um i know back in the last corral that i was in um they had announcers at the start line they had some speakers heard nothing um at all so clueless as to what happened probably you know the 10 minutes before the race started because mm-hmm. just couldn't hear it, nothing um you want me to tell you what happened sure if you okay. want to <laughs> I, don't I don't think i missed there's, anything there's but... like some announcements and things of course and then there was uh singing of what i believe is the national anthem <laughs> Uh, like, I know that's horrible, but, it's not right. right. But I, I've, you know, heard it in, I think the Olympics enough times. Uh, and then there was like a warm up um, thing that was going on with like, I want to say it was like a local gym or like oh, fitness okay. group or something. And they had like their employees like up on like almost like scaffolds. I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw them at all. And they're like doing like a little warm up routine, like before the race, you know, to try to get people to do it as well. But okay. um, I don't really see anybody else doing it. But that that's the other thing that kind of happened before the race start. Yeah, when I was, I mean, once the race finally got started, when I was walking towards the start line, I saw some scaffolding and there yeah. were people on there dancing. Okay, so that's where they were kind of actually doing like warm-up routines like, oh, yeah. to kind of get you warm and stretch out and that sort okay. of thing. So. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny and cool. And it was just a random person dancing on each one of them. So I was yeah. like, all right, cool. I mean, it something, Works for me. Yeah. But, um, basically, race start, right? Anything mm-hmm. else about the start? Nope, start on time. Um, there was some slight... Uh, what do you call it? Delay or separation or whatever you want to call it between corrals, you know, just to kind of separate people a little yeah, bit. I think it was about a minute. I think it was a little less when, oh, okay. when we were going. I think it was like 30 seconds oh, between maybe. the corral in front of us and, and us. But there was just a little bit of separation, which I think is always a good idea. Um, they did have pace bunnies, which I think we mentioned That's last right. episode. They do call their pacers pace bunnies and they do actually have bunny ears that they wear. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I like the little pace signs as well. So, um, there's a couple of pace bunnies in my corral and, um, I don't remember if we mentioned this last time we were talking about the pace bunnies, but, um, I think most of them actually do a, a run walk. Yes. Um, what do you call it? Run walk program. I don't know, mm. you know, for the targeted finish time for the race. Um, but there are a couple of target times that also have like pace bunnies that are continuously running. So I actually saw uh, the 345 pacer in my corral and had the the run walk and like what the pace overall pace was going to be and then i actually saw another pacer come on in with obviously the same finishing time you know 345 but then had written very clearly that this was like continuous running and then what the paces were going to be and the, the nice thing too is the pace um, per kilometer and then um miles too mm-hmm. that way kind of have you don't have to try to figure out you know what it is if you're used to kilometers to try to convert to miles or vice versa so okay yeah uh, let's talk a little bit about the course, I guess. Um, race starts at Queen Elizabeth Park, and then you're basically on um, several miles of kind of, what are we calling it? City, suburban. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of residential, street. small business area. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're basically heading out towards the University of British Columbia, mm-hmm. which is where you do a nice big loop kind of through the campus over there, which is kind of nice to, you know, the campus was kind of nice yeah. area to run through. Um, it was one of my favorite parts to run through. Really? I mean, yeah. there's no huge not, like, not views the, or the anything most like favorite, that. But it was, yeah. it was one of the favorite parts. Um, early in the race there, there's the, I guess let's call it the biggest hill on the course, uh-huh. which was a little bit of a doozy. It's short. Yeah. Um, I know they actually, there's a timing mat at the bottom and there's a timing mat at the top. And I think they actually had a kind of a, did they call it king and queen of? The hill. Yeah. Yep. 
competitions. I guess if you were the fastest person up the hill, you got something. I don't know yeah. what they did for that. Something. But, but there was a timing mat. Did notice that. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a tough hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it's short. It's early. Actually paid attention to the course profile beforehand and knew that it was there. So mm-hmm. not shocking. Right. <laughs> Anything like that. Um, the, the course is actually a little bit fast before that so you actually start out a little bit downhill it's a little mm-hmm. little fast in the first few miles till you hit that hill that kind of will slow you down a little bit um and then like i said you run through ubc there the, the college which was, which was nice and fun um anything else on that up to that point sure no okay Mm-mm. um you kind of do your loop around ubc and then you're kind of um a little closer towards the water um you do basically go downhill right around that time too a little bit of a downhill. That's true. Yeah. Out of UBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was downhill out of UBC. That was cool. Yep. Um, past the Museum of Anthropology, if you're if you're doing the the tourist thing over there. Yep. <laughs> um, and then you kind of go slightly along the coast. You're going to pass a few beaches. You're kind of heading in the direction of downtown um, Vancouver. Um, I think we're going to kind of blow through the course here a little bit quick, maybe. Um, Mostly rolling at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, slide up, slide down. A couple of sections that were flat, but I think for a while there, for a few miles, it felt like I was either going like uphill just slightly or downhill just slightly, which was kind of nice in the sense that you just kind of felt like, you know, you're using slightly different muscles. It wasn't just a continual, like completely flat or completely uphill course the entire time. So, yeah, I, would I don't not, know if you felt the same. No, I agree. Um, I I think I would have a hard time describing in the course in some ways in that it's not a fast course. I certainly wouldn't call it that. I wouldn't call it a difficult course. Yeah, something in um, between. Yeah, it's just kind of a middle of the ground. You know, you're kind of rolling up and that, rolling up, rolling down. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of it's it's not so much a lot of like turns and a lot of left and right turns, but the road curves a lot. Um, so I know I wanted to at many times take my shoe and knock some people upside the heads. I'm not just like run the tangents, people, because oh yeah, yeah, um, lots of people just running following the lines in the road as the the road kind of just curves like crazy. And I'm certainly when I was running for sure early in the course, I was just, I was running tangents as perfectly as uh, probably I ever have in a race. And I'm just like having to dodge people because they're kind of taking the long route. But, um, but yeah, I mean the one hill early, you know, there's a bridge kind of late in the course. That's, that's not an easy one to run, but not fast, not slow, very middle of the road kind of thing. So yeah, no complaints or anything about that. Mm -hmm. Um, We should say I'll, change gears real quick and just mention the weather was nice and cool yes. really mm-hmm. really good weather for to run a race yeah um i know at one point i wish oh, i wish it was a little bit cooler but yeah because I mean, it was sunny that i think if it had been overcast you probably wouldn't have wished for that it probably would have been just perfect correct yeah yeah um so i mean the sunny made it you know the sun made it a nice day you know in terms of perfect running conditions cloud cover would have been helpful but but nothing to complain about at all really in terms of weather so um, vancouver kind of came through perfectly on that one so back to the course. Um, yeah, you're going to run along some beaches. Um, and then at some point, you're going to run across a bridge. Am I progressing too far along the course? No, no, I think you're fine. Um, yeah, we did go across the, I think it was the Burrard Bridge. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting a little thrown off because I'm actually looking at the course map in front of me, which is in kilometers, and I'm still thinking of the race in miles. And right. so it's hard for me to to gauge exactly where things were. But um, eventually you go through or across Burrard Bridge. That, that's like mile 18, right? I think so. Okay. But it, it felt, um, yeah, it was like mile 18 and it felt kind of tough. Yeah. The bridge itself. Like I was like, 
you know, like, oh, cool, get to run across a bridge. And then I was thinking of like taking a picture. And then I found myself working harder than I thought I would. And I'm like, I'm not taking a picture. I just want to get across the bridge. So yeah, I'm fairly certain the bridge was more uphill than downhill, which might not make sense, but I, th- I really think it was. So I don't know if the elevation on the far side is actually, or maybe it was like higher. up to begin with and then down after. I've I also, I've also literally run courses that people have told me are net downhill and I don't believe them. Right. So, right. so who knows? I, I'm not the correct judge of that. Right. But um, we're not entirely <laughs> sure what was happening on that bridge, but it felt more difficult than either one of us anticipated. That's true. Um, so yeah, you could come across the bridge and make a nice hard left and, um, that kind of you continue along the coast and basically you're skirting the edge of Stanley Park and then you get to run out on the seawall all the way around Stanley Park. So, um, which is really cool. Which is that awesome. was my favorite part of the course. Basically, running along the ocean there mm-hmm. um, on the seawall, which is it's a walking and then there's actually a separate bike path that goes all the way around. And um, if you if you look at a course map, you can easily see it and tell. And you're like. I mean, you just look at the course map and go, oh, that's got to be a great place to run. And it is because mm-hmm. um, it's just this awesome little path that takes you around and um, you get to see the water and, you know, you see birds and lots of ships out there on the yeah. outskirts of Vancouver yep. there. Um, Some planes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Landing in the water. And so you'll run all the way around Stanley Park on the seawall and eventually you kind of turn back towards the harbor, um, which is, you know, a nice little area. And then you basically just bounce into downtown for the finish line um down on pender street i guess yep um and um yeah it's you know i think the finish was was the finish a slight uphill nothing really yeah nothing major but yeah it was just slight Mm -hmm. yeah from like Um, i think 40 kilometers to the finish it was just a slight uphill which of course at that (laughs) at that time at that point it feels you know significantly more uphill than it actually is but still a nice a nice finish, um, a nice little straightaway finish there. Um, no complaints. So, I mean, overall, I, I like the course. It's a pretty cool course. Um, I think the, the scenic parts of the marathon course are definitely at the end. Um, it's definitely that kind of down by the beach. Um, yeah, more like in the second half. Stanley Park, and you get a great view of some bridge there that I forgot. The Lionsgate Bridge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a cool bridge just to look yep. at. You don't go across it or anything, but it's, you know, part of the the scenery the skyline if you want to say mm-hmm. um in the area actually crossed it the next day playing tourist but <laughs> yeah it's true um yeah anything else you want to say just overall about the course no i think you i mean you described it pretty well um in terms of crowd support not much yeah the whole way mm-hmm. um you know you got your typical people lining the finish line but throughout the course you know there's random people that come out in front of their house in the neighborhoods and people cheering their family friends on but um, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot of support. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's not one of those things where you see people handing out food or drinks or anything like that to random strangers. So don't expect, um, well, don't expect any of that. But um, yeah, I think there was only two spots where I saw, um, I'll say spectators, you know, handing out like some sort of fuel to people. And one of them was a little like makeshift aid station um, on the UBC campus where they had like Oh, that's right. Soda and a bunch of like sweet stuff and I think chips like lined up. So that was pretty cool. Um, and fruit and things like that. And then there was another person, I don't remember when, sometime later in the race that just had some sort of candy. I'm not sure what it was. Uh, but that's pretty much it. So not yeah. not a whole lot of that. So Yeah, don't expect much. Yeah. With that one. Um onto aid stations, plenty of aid stations. I can't tell you how many. Seemed like a lot. Almost seemed like more than a normal marathon. Yeah, there was quite a few. But that could be just I mean, the kilometers was, playing tricks on me. Yeah, I think there was definitely uh, a sufficient amount. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no issues, you know, with any of the aid stations 
getting what I needed or anything like that. So um, I don't know if you did or not. Yeah, I think the only the only concern I had was just the first maybe two, which I know are the ones that you're least likely to necessarily need uh, water from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still pretty busy. We were still pretty bunched up that I, I think um, we just kind of overwhelmed them, mm-hmm. you know, with how many of us were coming through at the time. So um, the only re- recommendation I would make, if it was possible in regards to that, is maybe the first two just having um, like one more table, you know, with like water right. and some more volunteers. But that was that was pretty much it. Otherwise, no no issues at all. Volunteers were all great. Um, it seemed like there was enough of them mm-hmm. aside from that, those two that I'm talking about. So, Yeah, I think I actually skipped one of the first two aid stations. I don't know which one it was. I think, and I think it was just... It was super busy, so I, yeah. you know, it was early. I was fine. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a hot day, so I think I even skipped that. I forgot about that. Um, I know randomly, it's it's kind of funny. There's one part of the course where there's a tiny little out and back section. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. really small. I don't know yeah, if we forgot to mention that, yeah. A half mile out, half mile back. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't know that that was on the course. I didn't either. And, and, and mainly, we kind of forgot to mention it, too. I'm looking at it now, and, and the reason is you barely notice it on the course yeah. map. But yep. it's there if it you is. look close enough. Yeah. Um, so it took me by surprise when we were running. I was like... It's funny because we were running on the left side of the road and I looked ahead and everybody's like running across the road. I'm like, where are we going? Like, yeah. why are they? But I could see in the distance we were continuing down the road. I'm like, why is everybody running around to the right? I'm like, yeah, this because there's something in the roadway. Yeah, I'm like, what yeah. are people doing? And I remember I trying like, to figure it out too. But everybody was making the right to do this little out and back section yeah. that, that we would come back from and, and go out. So, and that was right around kilometer 13, in case anybody wants to know. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as, as markers out on the course, it was what? Every kilometer there was a sign? Every kilometer and every five miles. Um, and at one point, I think it was at the five mile sign, uh, the gentleman next to me saw the five mile sign. He said, what the hell are we Americans? So I thought that was funny at the Did time. Did you look over to him and say, yes, yes, I am. No, no? I didn't oh, say okay. <laughs> But I thought it was funny. Was, so apparently it was, um, the people I was around were all Canadian because everybody got a kick out of that. That's so, funny. Um, lots um, of locals there at the time. Yeah. I mean, just real quick, going back to the, um. The stations, I don't want to forget to mention that some of them did have power gels. Oh, yeah. Um, and then one station did have bananas. I just didn't want to forget to mention that. So. And the sports drink on course oh, was... Yeah. Ultima. U- Ultima. Mm-hmm. And it was a grape flavored, I think it was? Which seems to be... I mean, we've had Ultima at lots of races before, so it always tends to be that same flavor. I don't know why. I'm like, do they have more flavors? But, oh, interesting. But I then think... again, every race that has Gatorade, it's always lemon and lime. That's so, true. Um, Maybe it's just guess... like their most palatable flavor. Although I don't think I've ever had grape Ultima before. I've had like a berry or something. I don't know. That's or some citrus one. I would this be... is the first time I've ever had a grape one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I would be curious why every marathon that has Gatorade has lemon lime. I bet you it's else. like the most popular think so? flavor or something. If anybody knows, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because in my personal, like, in my day-to-day life, right? Because, like, I see people drinking Gatorade every day. But, um... <laughs> Out of all my friends. stock friend, people that are drinking Gatorade. Like, yeah, what are you drinking? I don't really know anybody that drinks lemon lime Gatorade besides myself. Like, I like it. I, will I actually drink don't it. either. I will drink it outside of races. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll buy it for myself. I routinely take it on my runs. But I don't know of anybody else that actually would walk into a store and pick up the lemon lime Gatorade. So, Interesting. Um, yeah, just curious. Random, random marathoning thoughts. Hmm. This one I'm actually thinking about while podcasting and not while running. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, and just a random thing, too, mm-hmm. since we're talking about the... The drink on course. Uh, Ultima actually does not have any sugar okay. or carbs. It's just an electrolyte drink. So if you know people need carbs or sugar, okay. you're not going to be getting it from the Ultima. Okay. So, yeah, just a, an aside. Yeah, for me, the Ultima was fine. Um, I didn't take any of the... What were they? Power gels? Yes. Um, 
I took one with me just in case I needed it later in the race. I picked one up, but I didn't end up using it. So I mean, I've never had power gels on a run before, mm-hmm. and so I just made sure that I brought lots of my own stuff so I wouldn't need anything from the race. So I actually brought extra so that way I was taken care of. So I didn't even touch that stuff. Yeah. No experimenting with my stomach on race day. Not a good idea. All right. That's probably smart. 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 <laughs> uh, they did have uh, porta potties. Lots of them. Um, lots of them. Yeah, they nice. did say, like in the the pre race information, all that. They did say that they would be um, pretty much around every aid station, and mm. I want, almost want to say that they were more frequent than that. Or I don't know. I mean, there were definitely plenty of them on course. Um, it, it almost. I, I was trying to like pay attention and see like how often are they. And for a while there, I got the sense that they were maybe like every two and a half kilometers. I'm sure that's not exactly what they were, but I mean, that, that was pretty frequent. And I never saw like one by itself where you like would have, I, I did see some lines, but it was never like one porta potty oh, yeah, it by like itself. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost so a was, standard at the race. Yeah. 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 I saw two yeah. at some point, but so I thought that was, I thought they did pretty well in terms of that sort of support too. Yeah. Most aid stations, the porta potty was the first thing you came across it was like porta potty and then water and sports drink right or am i making this up um i don't know i mean i do remember seeing that at some but i also remember seeing some porta potties that to me didn't really seem associated with aid stations but those could have just been extra ones i just remember lots of times running and like seeing a porta potty down the road and going oh okay i guess we're coming up on an aid station yeah and it usually seemed to me for my perfect memory porta potty and then um water and then sports sports drink i guess after that yeah and not every water station had sports, sports drink. drink. Yeah. Yeah. But more towards the end, I think they pretty much all had it consistently. At least that's what it seemed like. Yeah. I think I the second half of the, race. the least amount of attention to that. I just grabbed what everybody, anybody handed me and I didn't really care what it was. So I got a pretty good mix of the two by just pure randomness. Mm-hmm. So it worked out for me, but I just, yeah, whatever. I'll take whatever you got. So, uh, anything else about the course? Anything else we skipped over? I mean, I think the, the only other thing I would, um, uh, mention is just how, um, you had mentioned that the crowd support, there wasn't a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see some signs through neighborhoods that um, I think the race had put up trying oh, yeah. to engage like neighborhoods and that sort mm-hmm. of thing, like having a, I don't know if it was called a neighborhood challenge, but something similar to that, you know, to, to kind of like, I don't know what they would win, you know, or if it was mm-hmm. just like bragging rights. Um, but it doesn't seem like the neighborhoods really were like that into the challenge or, yeah. you know. It, it was nice seeing those signs that the race put up with the neighborhoods because you yeah. would see like... Oh, the name of the neighborhood? Right. I don't remember any of them, but yeah. um, it was kind of cool. Like, I remember oh, Kitsilano. That's pretty much all I remember. Oh, I remember UBC, but <laughs> okay. that was kind of the obvious one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was kind of cool seeing the official signs with kind of the neighborhood you were running through. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's kind of cool Like to at least know what you ran yeah, through. Yeah. It was informational for us. Right. But I don't know that any Although of the neighborhoods actually challenged each other. It didn't do much good in terms of me remembering any of them. Per- yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Any of them, right. But, no uh, retention there at but all, at the huh? t- <laughs> Maybe that day I remembered. Uh, we, we should have podcast, you know, two hours after the race. We would have we would have known. Um, I was going to say something else and I forgot. Okay. Well, while you're thinking about that, um, you know, the, the spectators that were out there, you know, plenty of, of signs that they were holding up for their loved ones and that sort of thing. And, you know, a lot of like the, the ones that have become kind of... Overused? Yeah. You know, like worst parade ever, that sort of thing. But um, one of my favorite ones was... Because uh, you were talking about the whole like miles versus kilometers, one of them said, "If you're American, you only have to run twenty six point two. Yeah. So I just thought that was pretty funny. So. Be a little bit short there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of signs with kind of the same old stuff. Yeah, kind of a higher percentage of the same old stuff mm-hmm. on this race. Um, the one that I see a lot that that doesn't get old for me mm-hmm. is like the like the touch here or high five here for like power or like it has like mm-hmm. the little. 
um, Super Mario Toad. Yeah. You know, for like a level up. So those never get like I never get tired of those. And if I'm if I'm close to them, I'll like high five them and stuff. I'll high five them depending on the mood that I'm in during the race. So <laughs> if you're looking up or not, <laughs> that's true. I, I do tend to look down a lot. Yeah. Um, did I you remember. remember I did remember. Okay. Um, in terms of Encore's entertainment. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There Good was point. some bands or music or whatever mm-hmm. kind of on course some combination um, of, some combination yeah. i think they they said there was going to be more entertainment than ever before on course at mm-hmm. least that's what the announcer said when i ran by him at the start line um and that very very well may have been the case yeah it didn't seem like yeah. much out there yeah um I, you know a lot of times it's just a random you know random dude with a guitar and a speaker um you know like in one spot mm-hmm. you know there's definitely a couple spots with the bands but um i wouldn't I wouldn't say anything like spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Like had this been a rock and roll marathon race, I'd be criticizing them for not having enough entertainment right. on course. Right, but, right. But this is an R&R, and, so. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I mean, I'm fine with it. I wasn't looking for it or expecting it, but I think they did say like more entertainment than, you know, last year or previous years or something like that. But um, yeah. <laughs> they did a, um, a good job of delineating where the relay exchange areas were. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of reminded me of like CIM where they clearly say, like, you know, they have signs up that say relay yeah. exchange up ahead so people know, you know, like, relay exchange to the right, marathoners to the left. Um, so, very easy to, to tell. If you're looking, if you're looking yeah. up, you know, where well, to run. So. I mean, if you're running and you can always relay, tell that there's, yeah, no, I'm t- like, if you're a marathoner. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, I don't think any harm would have been done if you would have ran through the relay area, but I don't know. Um, and yeah, of course, those areas were a little bit more supported in terms of spectators because you have all the the relay teams, you know, looking to to start running their legs. So, I mean, I, I will say I'm still shocked that races even bother with relays because, I mean, in this one, there was 95 teams, mm-hmm. you know, in a race that had 6,000 halves, people running the half, 3,000 some people running the full. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's worth their time, yet they still do it. Um, I've seen R and R events, the same thing. They have the relay, but it seems like nobody ever does it really. Mm-hmm. You know, very, very few people will see I am here locally. They have a relay. It's not that many people do it. So I'm always surprised, or I guess I continue to be surprised that races still kind of bother with it. I mean, I guess it's cool if, if you're somebody who wants to do the relay. Right. I mean, that's great for you, but I'm just surprised that more races just haven't said, eh, you know, not that many people are doing it. We should focus our efforts or, you know, why bother? I mean, it's the same course. So, I mean, I guess in that regard, it's not a lot more work, but, but you are setting up relay stations and I don't know what the transportation situation was for relay people. So although it's I do, a bit of a work. Yeah. Although it does seem like quite a few races that, that I've paid attention to that have um, relays don't necessarily offer transportation. Oh, okay. For, for, to some of the, like you're kind of on your own on that. Okay. So, so I mean, then that wouldn't require, yeah, not, but, but uh, like some, some do. So that definitely requires more time, organization, manpower, logistical yeah. stuff so yeah. always surprises me um anything on else on course otherwise we'll jump to not the finish not that i line. can think of i'll i'll interject if i think of something just yeah just just yell at me to stop or something okay. raise your hand no all right um yeah finish line uh get your medal post race i think it was marathon photo the official people out there again mm-hmm. um so they, typical they, they did have kind of like a split in the finishing shoot okay i don't know if you noticed that almost like two lanes and it kind of threw me off at first because CIM has two completely different shoots, but it's based on gender. Okay. And so I was trying to figure out, like, I'm like, is this, like, gender? Do I go, like, you know, where do I go? And it was just... Are you talking just... about before you cross the finish line or after? You're talking about Before. After? Before. Before. Oh, I didn't have that. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, so when I ran through, 
it kind of split into two separate sections and then it came back together. So when I split, I, I was like, so. I was like worried that I was like in the wrong lane, I guess, but it didn't really matter. So, okay. Yeah. That was before the finish line? Correct. Like before the literal finish line? Correct. Okay. That, yeah, that wasn't there. Before I, I crossed through. the timing mat that said I finished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to envision because yeah. that wasn't there when I came through. So. Yeah. Um, Afterwards, it was split because of how the metals were placed and everything. Okay. Kind of, they had like three different little walkways, but before it kind of split into two. Um, so yeah, grab your metal, post yeah. those photos, um, then on through the the food area. Mm-hmm. Got which like water bottle water, which you know pretty typical. I think banana. Um, they did have sandwiches. Like prepackaged sandwiches, which is which, weird. Which is really cool, though, to actually awesome. get like some food. Because I ate my um, post race. Yeah, and they had a couple of different options. It wasn't just like one type. They had chips, mm-hmm. uh, like some sort of energy bars or something like that. Yeah, the chips were funny because I grabbed a bag of chips and they were ketchup chips. Yeah. And I said, "What the hell?" So I gave it back to one of the volunteers and I took a different one and it was like I don't know if it was vinegar or something. Salt and vinegar. Okay. Yeah, and then I was like, I, that I, I was like, "Oh, that's better than ketchup." And then I saw somebody with the barbecue chips and I'm like, "Okay." And then I traded again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is before just, you ate any of them, right? Right. <laughs> I was just in line there. I'm like, yeah, let me upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. <laughs> so I got my barbecue. So that was good. But yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. No, that's okay. I think that was kind of all that was right there in terms of the um, the food area. Um, and then if you kept going past the food area, then there was the, the gear check area where you could pick mm-hmm. up your, your gear check bag. So I went to go pick mine up. Um, didn't take very long. Kind of had a search for, for my bag, but... It was, I guess, where it was supposed to be. So got that. And then if you would have kept going past that, you basically would have hit a dead end because it was like mm-hmm. a fenced in finisher zone. And you would call them like secure areas or something right. like that. Um, there wasn't like super clear signage right there that that's what would happen. So I know some people like kept walking thinking they were going to be able to get out there. But nope. um, and some of the volunteers at the gear check area, I know, ended up telling people like, you know, like, go back that way, you know, to exit, go back that way to exit. That way you didn't think you were going to be able to exit and not. So... Maybe a little bit more signage there would have been good. I knew that that wasn't the way out because we had actually looked at the finish line area map the day before. Um, but if we hadn't, I would have thought, oh, exit's over there until they told me. So um, if you go towards the exit. Uh, let me interject. Oh, I'm yep. going to interject this time. <gasps> oh. No, I think I think there were actually volunteers when I came through that little area. Uh-huh. They were kind of trying to yell at people like gear check ahead. The exit's this way. But right. I think. Well, that like, makes sense. Maybe own, as time went on, they're like, maybe. okay, maybe we need to tell, direct people a little bit In better. my head, it still didn't kind of register. Yeah. And then in your head, like when you're looking at the area, it almost doesn't make sense. It should be like, hey, that's gear checking. You just keep walking and go back to your hotel. But, but you can't. But yeah. No. You actually have to go back. Right. Like the way you came kind of and make another turn. So, I mean, the good thing, there was plenty of room post-race for like yeah. the runner secure area. But, yes. Um, yeah. It didn't feel congested or crowded yeah. at all. Okay. So, yeah. Then, then you, you exit. And then, of course, that's where like... It's like tough to get out because all the family members are just like lining that area trying to like catch their person, you know, and leave me alone. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and then there's like a um there's another street that's essentially parallel to where all the like the secure finisher area is. Mm-hmm. Um and that's where people are kind of like milling around and you know, waiting for other people. They did have some a couple of food trucks that were there uh selling food. I went and bought a soda. Um and then they actually had on opposite ends of the street, they had two McDonald's I'll call them food trucks. Um, one of them had free coffee. So like not just regular coffee, but they had like mochas and things like that. So there was uh, a line for that that people were really enjoying. And then on the opposite end, there was another McDonald's food truck that had free McFlurries. 
Mm-hmm. So there was a long line for that. Yeah. Um, I actually stood in line for that, even though I normally don't have ice cream because I don't do that well with dairy. But I'm like, ah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so I stood in line and got a, a free McFlurry, which of course is like half the amount that you would probably normally get because like the yeah, cup was like, small. yeah. But it was still kind of a nice thing just to get afterwards. So um, the one thing that I did notice that isn't just specific to this race is because it does finish like in a downtown area. There isn't like kind of a nice place to kind of sit and wait. If you're waiting for somebody. Yeah, it doesn't finish at a park. Yeah, there's, there's kind of no... like no grass. Yeah. Or, so you're kind of like on the curb or on the street. Or I ended up at a, at a corner where there was like some stairs or steps into some sort of business that was closed. So there's a couple of us just sitting there. I ended up there. Um, and then that's not specific to this. Right? Like right. LA, same thing. You know, True. it wasn't really a good place to sit. So, Well, LA, well, probably a little better in LA. But yeah, you could have walked down towards the water. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean like immediately, immediately if you're waiting for somebody then there isn't really a good place to, to do that. So, oh, I, Let me just throw in there. I still find it really weird when you find McDonald's in any capacity at a race. I agree. It just seems like this isn't right. Like you shouldn't be here. Well, well I saw... You're like, contradicting yeah. like, what we're doing here. Well, the but, first uh, truck that I saw, it was actually opposite the food trucks. And I saw the McDonald's and I'm like, are they really like selling <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever cheeseburgers, Big Macs? I'm like, that is so weird, right? That's what I was thinking. So I like walked over to look and I'm like, oh, okay, no. I'm like, they're doing free coffee. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, and, you know, that was like for family members or, you know, anybody in that area. Right. It was just open to the public. So I thought that was, yeah. But at first I'm like, what? I think so, when we've seen them in the past, they were doing like soda, right? Or something like that. I think so. Yeah. yeah which I mean, kind of goes along the line with this. They don't have like a full menu or anything yeah. that they're selling, but it just does seem kind of weird. So there was a couple of other little booths in that area um, doing like some sampling. And then, of course, some other random companies that didn't have booths like kind bars that were handing out um kind bars and there was somebody that was giving out um chocolate milk okay um but it was kind of like hit or miss and it wasn't like an established booth or anything so i know some people were kind of hoping i heard people talk they're kind of hoping for chocolate milk but it's like if you didn't see the guy like you just didn't get it didn't so. get any yeah, yeah. My chocolate milk's my my normal post-race go-to like at bigger races yeah. and stuff so i always have my eye out for that although interesting here i didn't have any but yeah Anything else yeah, in the finish area? Was, no, no. That was um, pretty just much to, it. I'll just jump back to the metal real quick. Uh, pretty cool metal. I like it. All silver. It's two-sided. Um, you know, the front kind of has the logo that I think think it's the same logo is on our shirt. It's kind of a little bit of the skyline. It does say 42.2K. So it's our only metal that says 42.2K. So it's a little bit different in the, the metal collection. Um, the back has run van. I think that's a little spot where you could probably add the engraving for the date or, or your time or something like that is there a date on the front wait a minute no there's no date it does have the year on the back yeah but not, not the specific okay. date. i didn't either until you just mentioned it yeah. it does have the year but yeah otherwise pretty cool metal yeah. i actually do like it like it better too. than the shirt and the ribbon does have kind of the name and the distance and stuff so um that was cool there anything else on the race um, just for the record, I actually do like the shirt. Okay. I know you said you don't like it. It's a it's a blue. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's got like the cityscape on the front, in the back. It's got the forty two point two. If you get the right shirt, um, and then just like sponsors, it's actually pretty comfortable. Uh, it's a tech shirt, so just wanted to throw that in there that I actually do like the shirt and have yeah. already. Yeah, it, that's so. just just my personal preference. It was just right. kind of a plain shirt, which normally I like. So this is weird, but um. Oh, and one random thing that mm-hmm. I um. We'll give them kudos for that you don't see at a lot of races is they did have a lot of receptacles post-race for different types of waste, mm-hmm. which you don't see that a lot. I mean, um, it's common for us to see like a receptacle for garbage and one for like recyclables, but that's usually like as differentiated as it gets. Mm-hmm. 
with most races that I think we go to. Okay. Um, but here they have like tons of different ones, like, you know, not just, you know, like landfill, compost, different types of recyclables. I mean, it was nice that, you know, as far as like um, being environmental friendly and all that, but it got a little bit confusing, <laughs> especially when you're like post-marathon. Yeah, but <laughs> but at every place, it did have at least one volunteer yeah, that would literally tell you like that goes in there, that goes in there. Or they would actually like just take it, take your... I'll just say trash from you and like sort it themselves. So, but I just give them kudos for that because you don't see that too often. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to figure that all out post marathon. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Or even like um, pre race before we even got to the corrals, oh, I was getting rid of a plastic bag and it has like, it has like a, a tie in it. And so she's like, oh, is that all plastic? And I said, yeah. And she's like, okay, here. And then she saw I had like the, this little rope tie in it. She's like, oh, wait, wait. She's like, I actually, she's like, I'll take it. She's like, I actually have to take the rope out and then separate them. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. So they had that pre-race too. Yeah. So kudos to those volunteers. Yeah. Because that's not easy. Right. Or necessarily that fun. So. Right. Um, I mean, we'll finish it off with a kind of our individual race experience. I, I just, I'll probably end up repeating it later. But overall, it was a really nice race. Mm-hmm. Very Agreed. well organized. Yep. No problems. No issues. You know, I thought the scenery at the end was very cool. You know, I, I would definitely recommend the race for for anybody to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little more attractive to, like I said, the West Coast people. It's just a little bit easier to travel. Um, there's, I feel like there's enough distance options if you don't want to do the full marathon or if you have a mixed group that not everybody wants to do the marathon, yeah. you can do the half, you can do relay, etc. Like I said, the half's a little bit different. You actually run kind of through Stanley Park. You don't get the seawall, so you don't get as mm-hmm. much scenery on the coast, but you right. can run through the park. I don't know what that would have been like. I would think that'd be pretty cool too. It, but, um, so it has some advantages there. So a little bit different stuff. So, um, we did post some pictures from the race on mm-hmm. our Facebook page if anybody wants to take a look at yeah. that. But yeah, overall, really did like the race. Kudos to the race. Um, no issues. I, I am a fan of the size, you know, 3,000 something marathoners. You it's know, a good I, size. I, I do like that kind of 3,000 to, to 6,000 range, I think is, you know, it's not crazy and super busy, but you're not yeah. out there by yourself. Right. You know, almost regardless of what your pace is. So good numbers there. Um, yeah. Uh, let's kind of talk, if you want to, um, a little bit about our own races. Okay. So anything. You can, you can go first. You want me to go yeah, first? Yeah, because always make uh, me go first. Okay. So. Um, hmm. You weren't ready to go first, huh? No, that's fine. I'll go okay. first. I don't care. Um, was a disappointing race for me personally. Um, so, um, I kind of set my A goal was to go there and run a 445. B goal was to just come in under five. C goal is always just to finish. Um, ran kind of right on. Well, the first thing you'd, I kind of forgot about the, the run walk pacer thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got mm-hmm. to this, you know... Which we did know about ahead of time. We did. But... And I kind of thought about it and forgot about it. And yeah. Thought about it and forgot about it. And, you know, realized, you know, once I was kind of in the crowd and looking at the pacer going, oh, wait a minute. I'm like, oh, crap, this is not going to help me at all because <laughs> that's just not going to work for me. I didn't train with a run walk, you know, um, wasn't planning on doing anything like that. So no pacer for me on the day. Um, I ticked away probably the first 18 miles right on pace. I don't think I was too... You know, I was a little bit ahead of the game, you know, in the first four miles, but the course was a little bit fast. I kind of took what it gave me, um, you know, after the big hill at the beginning, I was kind of right on pace, stayed right on pace where I wanted to be for my 445 for miles and miles and miles. And, you know, basically a perfect race. And I thought I did a pretty good job hydrating and eating and no issues. Um, the bridge at 18 was tough. I was like, Ooh, getting tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You definitely felt like, okay, I'm tired here. Yeah, kind of yeah. kicked my butt. I don't know why it wasn't that hard of it. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah, but it just I felt the same way. Um, kind of mile nineteen 
was a little bit downhill, so I kind of recovered a bit there. Um, and then from 20 on, the race just got crazy hard for me. Um, my calves were screaming. My hips were hurt. Um, the biggest problem I had was started having back pain um, about mile 19 or 20, which got progressively worse over the next several miles. And it was like um, mid-back. Yeah, it was not mid-back. Like, I have no idea what's I've wrong had with like my back. low back pain sometimes before, but not I've not, not experienced, like, I've had dealt with, like, you know, your shoulders start to hurt. Mm-hmm. Your neck. Your neck, kind of, kind of stuff like that. But the back was super painful, super uncomfortable. It basically stopped me from running at that point, um, you know, around 22 or something like that. It's unusual. I don't know what was going on. Um, I was super pissed off about it, yeah, to put yeah. it bluntly. Right. Um, and so... My time just basically tanked because I was just basically walking at that point. I did something I've never done before in a race. I stopped and sat on a bench, which was interesting. So I sat on a bench at, I don't know what that was, 23, 24, somewhere around there. You nice did views. have a nice view. Oh, yeah, I was, was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't really take too too much of a look at the, the view, but um, I just kind of tried to stretch out my legs. I tried to stretch out my back. I mean, before that, I was trying to find any position that was comfortable to to walk or run in, you know, I'm doing that thing. I'm like leaning left. I'm leaning right. I'm like, okay, stand straighter, lean forward more. And I just couldn't find any spot that I could, I honestly, I couldn't even walk comfortably at any point. Um, I mean, it was difficult just to walk with any pace. So I was walking very slowly at some of those 20 something miles. Um, and like I said, I was probably, I don't know. Just once it went south, I was kind of just more really ticked off because I was having a good day. I had planned on having a good day. Mm-hmm. Everything was going good. I didn't understand what was wrong with my back. I still don't understand what was wrong with my back. Um, had my hotel been right there, I would have walked into my hotel and gone taking a shower and gone to bed. Um, <laughs> had there been a taxi right there, I probably would have hopped in the taxi. Oh my goodness. Um, about mile 25 felt slightly better. So I was able to pick up the pace and kind of run walk the last mile and a half. But, um, Super disappointed with kind of how the last six miles of this race went. Um, I think I ended up finishing in 519 or 520. So obviously, I things went really haywire over the last six, eight miles because obviously I lost massive chunks of time. Um, I did go back and look at my splits because I'm, I'm a geek sometimes and kind of overanalyze things. And I was comparing splits from previous races and um, everything that I can base on myself. I did everything right the first, you know, 18, 20 miles of the race. Um, it was kind of two splits that really in those twenties that were just horrible, horrible. I mean, it was basically a very, very slow walk. Like I said, I stopped on a bench for a minute or two, so I lost some time there. But um, overall, it was a super just disappointing day. I was just super annoyed. Um, I still don't know what kind of went wrong for yeah. me. Um, I know I had a horrible taper because just allergies kept me from running. I don't know if that played a huge part of it. Um, we'll never know for sure. I, I there's no way to know honestly have no idea i was thinking as i'm running the last few i'm like you know i just signed up for napa the week before i'm like why the hell did i sign up for napa last week i'm like the last thing i want to do is ever run a freaking other marathon um i was like i don't even want to run anymore i'll tell you i was so just ticked off um with kind of how the day went you know i was like man this is why i was like why the hell do we run marathons i'm like this is ridiculous i gotta run the half that whole conversation yeah that whole conversation why why do you know even post-race i was just kind of super ticked off and super annoyed and like, yeah, I'm not, I'm like, I'll do Berlin and see, I am because I already registered. And I was like, oh, I guess I got to do freaking Napa because I signed up for that. But I'm like, I'm not signing up for anything else. And that's I'm just, it. I'm just done with this crap. I'm, I'm not making any progress. Um, we won't talk about it today, but since the race, I've already signed up for another marathon. So, <laughs> um, 
so much for that. Thank God for short-term memories, yeah. apparently, because I apparently forgot about all that um, a week later. Um, was it a week? Yeah, about a week. I don't know. Um, so yeah, hugely disappointing day. That's that's how my day went. So I'm, I'm not happy with the performance. Um, and like I said, had I not had the back problems, I still would have missed my A goal. I think I would have made my B goal. I think I would have been in under five, but I don't know that for a fact. Yeah. Because, um, you know, regardless, Probably, of, regardless of that, it's... my legs were still screaming. My feet felt really beat up. I know you said mm. you kind of felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know this is a marathon. Your feet get beat up, but just kind of more than normal, which is weird. So I don't know what that was about. So that was my super disappointing race, personally. I mean, I, overall, I enjoyed the race. It was a great <laughs> race, but me personally, not happy with how the day went um, or how it ended, I guess. So let's hear about your race. Okay. So. <laughs> and better news. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I was a little concerned about the race just because I had done AR50 like That's five right. weeks before and I hadn't run anything past 12 miles during that time. And I was a little worried about if my knee was going to hold up or not or mm. was I going to get to like 15 miles and then I couldn't walk. I really had no idea. So that was my biggest concern. Um, and then I just didn't know like how my body had recovered. I was definitely wasn't going into PR or anything like mm. that. Um, I was hoping to finish somewhere around four hours. I thought that might be a reasonable goal, but I, I had no idea. Um, and I think because I didn't have like a, a specific time goal or, you know, personal record time goal, I was, I think I felt like I was a little too non, like nonchalant about it, about the race, like initially. Cause when I first started, I was kind of like, okay, you know, just kind of going for a run today. And then, you know, I'm like, oh my God, like I have 26.2 miles to, you know, like it kind of kicked in. I'm like, I need to get serious about this. Like, I can't just go into this, like thinking it's like no big deal. Um, I felt pretty sluggish for the first, I don't even know, five, six miles. And I know at the very beginning, I was like, oh man, if I feel like this the entire time, it's, it's going to be a long day. Um, but then I had to remind myself, well, the first couple miles always feel like liars to me. Cause it seems like the more I run, the longer it takes for me to warm up. So I'm okay. Get to like mile five. And then just like reevaluate. So in a way, I'm like, that basically just kind of shut me down mentally. Like, okay, we're not even going to worry about anything until mile five, you know, unless like your, your knee gives out or something. I don't know. So I kind of, you know, broke it down into smaller sections. Um, even though it felt sluggish, did end up starting a little bit faster than what would have been on pace for four hours because it was slightly downhill, you know, and of course when you're going downhill, you know, everything feels a little bit easier. Yeah. And then you get to like that, you know, that hill that we talked about. Um, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not feeling as good as before. Um, I had planned if the if the four hour pace bunnies were in my corral, I was gonna try to hang around them, but um, they were not in my corral, so I was not gonna try to stay with the 345 pacers because I just wasn't in that sort of shape. Um, stayed pretty, pretty consistent. I mean, considering there's still like some hills and some ups and downs and that sort of thing, I stayed pretty consistent. I I want to say definitely for the first half of the race. Maybe even into like mile, I don't even know, I'm going to guess like 18, 19, 20, something like that. And then I just started just feeling, you know, tired, you know, like it just, I mean, which obviously you're going to feel tired, you know, towards the end of a marathon, that's a given. Um, but just felt kind of tired. My I, my knee would have like a dull ache, just kind of on and off, but nothing real sharp, nothing severe. Um, thankfully, it didn't like limit me at all in terms of running. So it was a non-issue. Um, I think I did better on the fueling than I have done in the last couple of marathons where I did water for the first half, um, in terms of what I was drinking until I want to say maybe like 
16, 17 or 18 miles, somewhere around there. And then I started doing Ultima just because I felt like I needed electrolytes, but I haven't had Ultima in a long time, you know, so then I was worried about like starting too early with it. Like what if it really messed up my stomach and then I have like so long to go figure it's like towards the end of the race, then you just kind of try to suck it up. It's less miles, but ended up not bothering me at all. And then just did uh, gels, didn't carry a bottle with me or anything, but, um, took a gel probably a little bit sooner than I normally would just because I'm always worried that when I take a gel, my stomach's going to, you know, revolt or something, but it wasn't an issue at all. So I felt pretty good, like fueling wise. Like I don't feel like I hit a low at all in terms of like waiting too long to have fuel. I did have banana at the little makeshift aid station on UBC and then also at the official banana station <laughs> um, out on course. And that, that was always, you know, it's kind of nice to have something different kind of hoping for something like salty just to kind of change things up um but you know there wasn't anything around I, I could have brought my own stuff you know i know that uh i stopped to, to take pictures quite a bit because i figured i'm just gonna you know i was looking really looking forward to this course because it looked like it was pretty scenic mm-hmm. so i thought okay i'm not like going for a specific time i'm not gonna break my own record so let me enjoy it and i took pictures which i'm really glad i did i think it, it made for a more fun race Sometime or between like miles, I want to say like 13 and 18, I started having that feeling where it's like, oh, like I have so many more miles left. Like I just want to be done. And I felt it kind of just creeping in where you just feel kind of like that overall sense of like dread. Where you're like, I can't believe I still have like 10 miles. You know, you just start feeling that. And I had to just stop it. And I mean, I literally just like in my head, I'm like, nope, stop. Like you're not going to think about it. Nope, 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 nope. And then you start thinking about something else. And then I never like felt that again. Um, yeah, and I, I definitely slowed down the last couple of miles. Uh, I think just I was just I was just tired. I just you know just didn't have any speed in me. So um, really enjoyed it though. Like like you said, you know the race was really well ran. Uh, it was really nice being able to run along the seawall there. That was really cool. You know along the coast there, taking pictures. Um, yeah, came through the finish, and I was able to to speed up right before the finish. So I was like, okay, that's pretty good. So you know. Had a little bit of, of gas left in the tank there and ended up finishing, I think, like 4.04 and some change. So mm-hmm. I was really happy with that. Um, aside from my feet just kind of hurting, which I think tends to happen with most road marathons that I do. And I did not have like really beat up pair of shoes or anything. So mm-hmm. they just kind of feel kind of beat up and sore and tired. Aside from that, nothing really hurt. Stomach was good. Knee didn't really bother me at all post-race. And I didn't feel that bad, like, the rest of the day. So, I was happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cool. Yeah. All right. I guess that's going to do it. Um, Just randomly, I did count how many aid stations there were on the marathon course. There was 20. Oh, okay. It felt like there was, yeah, Yeah, 20. I mean, quite a bit. So, um, unless the course map is wrong, but felt like that. That sounds about right. Yeah, they don't make mistakes like that. Not in Canada. In the U.S., maybe, but not in Canada. (laughs) So I guess that's going to wrap it up. Um, if we forgot to cover something or if you have a question about the race, let us know. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll include it next time. Um, but otherwise, yeah, cool race. Recommend it. was fun. Uh, fun weekend. Um, we did stay until Tuesday. Um, and so, you know, we didn't do much on race day. But then, you know, we took Monday to kind of just do some touristy stuff and spend some time in Vancouver. And so came back, flew on t- back on Tuesday. So it was a nice little mini Long weekend, I guess. Long yeah. race weekend, mini vacation, if you want to call it like that. So um was pretty cool. But yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it. Anything else? That's all I can think of. Okay. That's it. 
The website for the podcast is embracerunning.com. You could find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash embracerunning. Send us any comments, questions, or feedback at feedback at embracerunning.com or leave us a voicemail at 925-400-7223. If you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. So until next time, embrace running.